listeners, um, just this is a side quest. Don't even if if you want to skip to whatever the episode today is actually about, you can skip to it. This is a side quest. Fifteen seconds, like three or four times. This is a side quest. Please uh, DM me on the side. This is Jake talking. You could just DM our um, tough cut Instagram or you know Twitter. If any of you guys have played the game Brotato, um, <laughs> I just need to know. I need to know how many Brotato heads are out there. Um, Brotato Bros. I'm assuming it's mainly men who play this game. Um, there's no real statistic for that. That's just my assumption. Um, Jake, you know what? Up. You know what? It, you know what it's going to sound like when you ask people to to DM you about Brotato. Yeah. What? <laughs> they couldn't it also hear. works when there's no soundboard because it yep. will just be yeah. the sound of silence uh, yep. the sound of silence yeah but um if you know anything about potato i'm gonna be talking about it throughout this whole episode okay we're <laughs> you're really on a kick here i <laughs> anyway jake Hello. how many hours have you spent playing potato uh zero Zero. I'm That's looking crazy. to get into it. I take a lot of care when I get into a new game. I do a lot of research. You're just seeing it for the first time. Yeah, he's he's starting to dig through the tier lists. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> he has to have the perfect run in the first go. Anyway, hello and welcome back. We're the Tough Cut Podcast. And I'm Matthew. I'm Alex. Brotato. I already told them I'm Jake. They should know my voice by now. It could be someone's first episode, but you did already introduce yourself. Yeah. Um, Please, I mean, it, this is halfway through a bracket. Don't start with this one. Um, I feel like we're halfway through the episode already, and all we've talked about is Brotato. I'm ready to vote. Two minutes. It's I'm ready to vote. <laughs> you guys are. Um, this is episode uh, 113, part three of our vacation bracket. Um, in Achia, uh we've got Forgetting Sarah Marshall versus Itu Mama Tambien. And then in the second half of the episode, we've got Total Recall versus a goofy movie. That's pretty fucking rad. It, I love is, the vacation bracket. It's very fun. This is wild. This was a good one. It, we picked good movies. I'm gonna I'm gonna be spoiling um, Brotato, but we're also gonna be spoiling the uh, movies in this bracket. So if you don't want those spoiled or the game, just uh, you know, <laughs> keep an eye out for that. <laughs> See, now you have to include all the Brotato stuff, otherwise that's not gonna make sense. God damn it, Jake! Checkmate. Um. Alex, do you want to go ahead and introduce Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Yeah. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, released in 2008, directed by uh, Nicholas Stoller. Um, Jason Siegel plays Peter, and Peter gets dumped by his famous celebrity girlfriend, Sarah Marshall. Um, and he goes to Hawaii to get over it, but she's there with her new boyfriend. Um, and then P- Peter learns he's a bit of an asshole. Um, and then he goes home and gets better, and then he gets a new girlfriend. Probably. That's probably how it ends. It's kind of left up for interpretation, but... But Peter's yeah. grown at the very least. In more ways than one. You see him in that black leotard at the end of the movie? Damn. I think his pee-pee shrank. Um, for real, though, uh, he hasn't grown. You see his pee-pee at the very beginning of the movie, and it's the same size as when it's in that leotard. Mm-hmm. I would hope so. It would be kind of confusing if it had changed. <laughs> well, it's like the Oppenheimer. It's in black and white when it's subjective and color. Uh, it's, it's a, <laughs> the whole yeah. movie's in color, though. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> So it's subjective, the size of Jason Siegel's penis. Um, but that's Forgetting Star Marshall. 
Um, it is going up against Itumama Tambien, um, released in 2001, directed by Alfonso Curion. Um, two teenage boys in Mexico, very different social classes, um, Julio and Teno, uh, go on a little road trip with a Spanish woman who is dying of cancer, which they don't know until later. Um, Spoilers! <laughs> A sort of coming of age, yeah, a coming of age story, um, a journey through self exploration of political exploration, class divide, sexuality, a whole bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. With that said, we got to compare these movies. Yeah, God, what the what the hell are we doing here? So I I, I think that um, something we touched on a little bit in talking about forgetting Sarah Marshall in comparison to Hot Tub Time Machine is originally was related to like, you know, their their early 2000s ish comedies. Um, they got the sex jokes mm -hmm. spinning that talking like sex yeah. academically. Yeah, I mean, well, you could really feel the 2000s humor in Itu Mama Tambien uh, really come through. It's very American mm. pie. Um, <laughs> you know, no, I think it's interesting because look, I, you know, we all we all have done comedy in our in our lives at some point. Everyone on this podcast, I don't know about you, listener. Shut up. Um, I'm feeling wonky today. Uh, yeah. I like to imagine, as you said, that there's been a dedicated listener who participates in the conversation as if they're the fourth person. <laughs> <laughs> using the gaps is like oh this is the time for my perfect point and it's like oh alex keeps interrupting me but you just told him to shut up so they're gonna stop listening i know forgetting sarah marshall is just a silly comedy but we did give the credit before in our comparison for like being you know it is trying to say some things especially like about breakups and also like about sex and, and desire and stuff like obviously sexual comedies uh, whenever they come up, it's really about like the raunchy side of things or whatever. But I think, you know, th there's some merit to be said about, um, you know, the ludicrousness of getting cheated on, having sex with like a rock star, him singing a song inside of you. I bet if those boys would sing that song, they would have gotten laid, you know, even more. I just think that there, there's something there's something good about forgetting Sarah Marshall's whatever message when it comes to desire and sex that isn't fully just like raunchy. Let's have sex and go crazy. That's what I was trying to get at is that like I wanted to try and talk through some of the points that forgetting Sarah Marshall is making in like a, you know, because we talk again, we talked about it a little bit like it is a movie that has things to say. It is not just a raunchy sex comedy. Um like hot tub time machine is a little closer to just <laughs> it has fewer things to say on the subject regardless though yeah. th that's essentially what i wanted to get at i wasn't trying to say Freddy star marshall is just a raunchy sex comedy Oh, I was agreeing with you. Thank you. Like getting into it. What I really like about Forgetting Star Marshall is the way that it presents these different perspectives on like sex and relationships and that kind of thing. Like, God, what's the rock star? What's his name? Aldous Snow. Um, like he's never like deceitful, right? Like he's upfront with who he is and what he believes. And I feel like it's very interesting the way that he like he puts up this front. Uh, he puts up this front of being this like enlightened, you know, like a rock star, like living free and all this stuff. But then he's also so petty when he and Sarah Marshall break up like him talking about like how shitty her career is and like telling like calling her a bad actor and all this stuff. 
You know, I just think it's like very fascinating the way this movie um, presents these characters in a way where like at the beginning of the movie, they're very archetypical, right? Like he's classic rock star, like free spirit, like all this stuff. She's like celebrity, like uh, you see like all her acting things. Peter is like very sad boy. And then it like slowly twists and warps them to make them like fully realized people. I just think the, sh- the movie does a really good job with like really digging in and trying to make them seem like real people with real problems. Where, you know, you two mamas on bien, fake as hell. Yeah. Hey, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, no. I mean, Itumama Tamien does like a, a really good job with it, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so as well. It's so funny how we're like, it, this is so funny to see in real time, how we're kind of, you know, really getting into the detail of like forgetting Sarah Marshall and like kind of bending over backwards to talk about it. And then Itumama Tamien, we're just like, yeah, it did that. I mean, we spent a lot more time, though, last time talking about these movies, digging into the like the quality of the characters and representation that Itumama Tamien does. Like we we talked a lot about like the metaphor in it and the histor- historical side of it. Like we talked a lot about that. We didn't get into that as much because we were talking about, you know, the the genre of forgetting Sarah Marshall. I, I don't think there is a lack of things to say about Itumama Tambien. I think it's a fantastic movie. I think that there is like layers upon layers of analysis that can be done. Like it, you know, it cannot be shortchanged, like how important it is that one of the biggest movies in Mexico depicted a ostensibly homosexual romance, you know, or exploration like homosexuality, yeah. especially in the early 2000s in Mexico, is not something that really jived with the public. Yeah. So like 100%. there is a lot of like important representation representational stuff that's going on not just in a political sphere but i mean life is inherently political but like the social sphere the socio-political sphere you know i think it's an important movie and the the way it is framed through this road trip into like seeing many sides of mexico you know i think is also equally like not metaphorical that's not the right word to use but um an analog to the the commentary it's trying to make that you get to see all sides of this very large country yeah i mean that's that's also like a fun thing about like road trip movies if we're talking about like the vacation bradicate and all that stuff um you know road trip being inherently a vacation and all that stuff uh yeah you want to see the different parts if if they made a road trip movie and it's just like all the different suburbs and they're all the same of this one little town that shit would suck um potentially i don't know you can make it crazy that's why you don't go to clearwater florida in your road trip movie fun fact most road trip movies are filmed in clearwater florida that's crazy yeah wow yeah not a lot of people know that urban sociology research about clearwater florida fucking manufactured neighborhoods aren't all neighborhoods manufactured at the end of the day well wow in the sense that they're constructed yes Nice. In the sense that they're like built from like similar prefabric. We are. This is so far off the <laughs> <laughs> Pulling us back to forgetting yeah. Sarah Marshall, Itumama Tambien. Um, talking about how they utilize their. So actually taking a step back, defining how we want to approach what it means to be a vacation movie, I think is really important in this discussion. And also, I guess, our next one. Um Like, is a vacation movie a movie that, like, like what aspects of vacation do you want to see in a vacation movie? Sex. Well, we've got that covered in just about (laughs) all of these. Well, these movies got it covered. Yeah, these movies got it covered. Got any more thoughts than that? (laughs) 
<laughs> I talk a I lot mean, during think... these. I'm giving Alex a time to shine. I really think he's going to nail it. Thanks, Jake. I appreciate it. I think, like, for me, what's important in a vacation movie, I feel like a lot of it is that it is exploring the meaning of a vacation. You know? Like, I feel like that's an important context of it. That a lot of movies have vacations in them, but I don't necessarily think of them as vacation movies. I feel like both of these movies offer some sort of analysis of like why are we going on vacation like or it it offers an interesting perspective of like why are we going on vacation in Ichimama Tamien um the oh my god I can't remember the character's name the uh woman with cancer who is like going on this vacation um her husband Louisa. was cheating on yeah Louisa her husband was cheating on her um you know, she is like dying, looking for an escape. Um, like, I think that's a very fascinating perspective to have going on vacation. I think similarly, we get multiple perspectives of vacation on uh, in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. It's exploring, you know, Peter looking for an escape from his sadness. We've got, you know, rich celebrities just looking for a getaway. We've got all the like hotel staff, I think is a very interesting thing. Um, reminds me a lot of. Uh, White Lotus, if you guys have watched that show recently. Uh, no. You haven't seen White Lotus? Nah. It escaped mm. past me. It's pretty good. Um, but I think it, like, what I like about Forgetting Sarah Marshall is it offers a lot of perspectives on, like, these people who go on vacations, like, go to Hawaii, visit all this stuff. It's like, ooh, I'm in Hawaii, and then they just leave, you know? And, like, what about the people who are left behind or the, like, indigenous people of Hawaii? Um, I I don't think Sarah... I don't think Sarah Marshall digs super deep into that, but I do think it presents it a little bit. You know, you've got, like, the hotel staff. You've got... You've got, like, characters who give that perspective, um, which I really appreciate in this movie. I mean, I think E2 Mama Tambien does that as well. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. Especially, like, through the frame... Again, through this, like, consistent frame of, like sociopolitical climate you know like louisa gets to experience what is like pseudo paradise to end out her days but there is also like this reeling fact that the you know utopic experience of this beautiful nature is going to be destroyed by corporate greed like it is a fact of life that the vacation she has will not be had by people in the future you know like we have to live with that fact yeah sure mm-hmm. i think that idea of escape for vacations is just so so funny to me you know whenever like i book a vacation you know i guess it is for like a break and escape but it's really like for any kind of tension in these movies they're trying to craft a story like people are trying to like run away from something um which i think is really interesting and and what it's trying to say about how successful it is to run away from something that you live with that is a lived with thing is interesting you know like we, we kind of talked about it also when we talked about like the one i love as well and a goofy movie funnily enough um <laughs> but it's just like you know how effective is a vacation in solving your problems you know like how like what is is it the vacation that solves the problems or do you just need to be far removed from something that solves the problems or is it just does it just stress that you need to go back to where you're from and then solve your problems? Well, what I love about that is that like both of these movies come to this perspective of like a vacation can't solve your problems, right? Peter doesn't get better until he goes home and in Ichimama Tambien they have this experience and then, you know, their friendship falls apart, right? Like I think it's really fascinating that both of these movies come to this conclusion that like a vacation at the end of the day like isn't real life and it doesn't, you know, it can change you. On. Yeah, it can change you, but it can't 
sustain you. So vacations don't mean shit. There's this piece of like, I, we talked about it with Freighting Sarah Marshall, that it, it isn't so much the vacation itself it's like life still goes on and you have to keep working towards things you have to keep like you have to keep going um there's this like inexorability that i think comes into um in the sense that like louisa's escape is always going to be futile because she's always going to die Mm -hmm. um like so i really like the point well no i'm not yeah Um, but i really like the point (laughs) that you know, Peter, it is not like the vacation is like plants the seeds and he changes as it like by continuing to put in work after it. Um, I, I, I think that there's the again, like this similar idea in Julio and Pinoc of like they were probably always going to grow apart. Mm-hmm. This just plants helps plant some of the seeds for that. Like there there is this in how the film frames the relationship, the the like disparate nature of their socioeconomic status, the political nature of their relationship, like the final narration, there there is sort of this implication that this was kind of always going to happen eventually. They just sped it along, so to speak, by mixing more than they should have. Interesting. Well, Matt, I think that was a really good point. I have a dumb question now. <laughs> um, do you guys think of all this snow? had shown up in Mexico, he could have saved Luis's life. Walk me through that one. Really, really good experimental sex. Me. Do you think do you think you that do you think that's anything? Is that anything? Honestly, um a pivot. Building yeah. off it. Unless you have something to say, Jake. No. Um a pivot building off that. Um weirdly enough, I think um Jason Skull's character, Peter, I think he would go on the E2 Mama Tambien road trip with them. I think he would have too, for sure. Mm-hmm. Would you be it's having like, sex? I th- I think so. I like it makes sense to me. You think mm. they'd all have sex? Do you think if he brought out that mm. puppet? Do I think okay. they would fuck the puppet? Here's my thing. I think Jason <laughs> Siegel would go. Mine. I think Jason Siegel would go on the vacation with them. I don't think they would go with Jason Siegel. Nah, white man's scary. He's like Jason Siegel. I feel like if you've never seen a white person before in your life, I'm not saying they haven't, but if you've never seen a white person in your life, and your first one is Jason Siegel, that's terrifying. He's like, oh my god, Whoa. white people are so tall. Not in like a not in like a insulting way to Jason Siegel, but like I maybe kind of. I'm sorry Jason if he ever Siegel. gets hold of this podcast, yeah. he's gonna. He's gonna it's burn just like up. he's a big looming dude. He has a very specific voice, very specific like. It interests too, you know. Like I feel like it's like you guys want to talk about puppets, yeah, puppets <laughs> and sex and how I met your mother. Like I just don't know. I don't know. I feel like he's a strange. I no one would think. Oh, the aliens are coming. We need one representative of each race. No one's no one's saying Jason Siegel first. I don't know why I, that's important to me, but it is. To I, say. I guess. I mean, but fair. do you think they're saying Tinoch or like? Do you think Ooh, they're yeah. saying <laughs> the characters in E Two Mama Tommy Yen? Yeah. Hmm. Really? They got, they got heart. I, I would send not. <laughs> I, I wouldn't send Tanok, but I might send actual Diego Luna. Yeah, like mm. Diego Luna. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm talking about mm. Jason Segel. I'm not talking about Peter. I don't, Peter, whatever. I wouldn't send Peter either. I wouldn't send Peter either. Out of snow, baby. <laughs> uh, he just gonna yeah. come back having fucked the alien king or something. Hey, and, and that might save Earth. It might save Earth. Or he's just gonna be the one that presses the button that kills all of us. But he'd be mm. alive, and that way we confirmed have one human left. Ooh, good point. Right? Don't we need two? <laughs> like, no, you eh. don't know what alien anatomy is like. You could clap alien cheeks and still reproduce. It won't be full human, but eh, life goes on. 
or maybe it still will be full human, you know, <laughs> with their biology, you know. It's true. It could just be this. It's like a banana. We share like what? How many? How much Dude, percentage we're of not DNA talking with a about banana? the banana genetics again? Yeah, <laughs> we already talked. Did we talk about? Yeah, like four <laughs> episodes ago, okay, we fine, talked fine, about bananas. Fine, it was like fine. forty. And did you say a banana is like our closest genetic relative or something? <laughs> yes, it is. It is it's, fine. Okay, well, I'll, I'll go back. I'll go back. So, potato. <laughs> so, the number two item you can get into potato items is big arms, and I feel like is that what you want? Unlock them. Oh, that's so. Stupid. I mean, I do want big arms. I want to be. I mean, me too. I already have them. That's really uh-huh. going to confuse the viewers. Yeah, they're they they had all of us pictured in their head, and now it's just thrown topsy turvy. I am the most stacked member of the tough cut podcast we can all agree objectively right mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> that's crazy thanks kiark thanks craig um damn my really good question i'm really upset i was really thinking sorry it's gonna be a good one matthew what were you saying can, can um, repeat every 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 thought you had oh i uh, think i remember it it's not going to be as eloquently thought out so i'm sorry if it makes no sense so lucy goes on this trip or like thinking about a vacation and she knows she's dying. Do you think she goes on a vacation to avoid the fact that she's dying? Or do you think she goes on a vacation because she knows she's like, you know what I like, like the slight distinction of like, I, I want to kind of avoid it in my head or like I have not long to live. I need to live my life as much as possible. You Is know? it an escape versus like one last hurrah? I, yeah. So I think it's actually a really interesting Questions when it comes to Louisa, Um, because the the so one of the things I think is really interesting about this movie is they don't reveal the fact like it's implied via these strange Mm -hmm. conversations she's having references to a doctor that like there's some kind of medical problem. Mm-hmm. Um, Tanaka and Julio don't know this, but the viewer s- can start to put the pieces together. Um, the the film is very particular about how it presents her, especially when she's alone. Mm-hmm. That makes me think that this is more about it's not even like fully escaping, sure. but I don't think it's this one last hurrah idea. Yeah, I agree. You know, like she knows what's going to happen. She knows where it leads. Um, and it's almost like she doesn't want to be like hurt anymore or doesn't want to hurt anyone mm-hmm. i think so, what's yeah. interesting about it too yeah. like so we see her and we get much more detail about like her her husband cheating on her right i feel like and i probably would have to watch it again knowing all of the information but i'm i almost feel like her heartbreak and sadness and like all the times we see her crying during the vacation are because of her medical diagnosis rather than her husband because we see her like talk about her husband with them and it's sad but it's not like the same sadness versus like when they like split off and she's alone in her hotel room sobbing like that's a very different emotional response well you know not 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 get too dark but like if you know you're gonna die and you just you know had it, look it's lovely to love somebody it's lovely to share your life with somebody if that ends like that wasn't your whole life in most cases you know like it wasn't your whole life and so when you know you're gonna die and something like this person just treated you terribly and cheated on you and all that stuff you're gonna th- also be thinking of other things like it's not necessarily about the husband but it's about like your childhood and what it meant to be alive and like other like factors. Like it's, it's not one particular thing, at least in my opinion. Like I, I think it, of course, if you're going to die, you're not going to just think of your, your one relationship you had. The other thoughts are going to come up. Yeah. I mean, she even has like the extended 
conversation where she talks about her first love who died and like it clearly is still this point of pain i i I think that i'm somewhere between your point alex like i do think some of it is there's this the prognosis looming over her is just like has this heavy emotional toll on her but i do think there is a piece of it she is also clearly sad about her husband for somewhat different reasons Mm -hmm. um and sort of what i'm getting at is like why she opts to just disappear rather than like dying with him you know, yeah. or dying in a hospital or what have you. I also think like if you're dying, it gives like, I think people are irrational sometimes when, especially when they're like faced with great struggle, you know, like she's dying. I'm sure her thought process is not like completely rational, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm sure one day she might be focusing on her husband. One day it might just be living in the moment. You know, I don't think, I don't think the movie gives us a clear answer of she is going on this for this reason. You know, like Mm -hmm. I think some days it is this impulsive, like live my last day kind Mm -hmm. of thing. And I think sometimes it's. Yeah. When you like think to how she ends up agreeing to go with them, it's basically like she calls them the day of after getting the voicemail from her husband. I can't a hundred percent remember calls them the day of and it's like hey are you guys still going on this trip and they have to like throw together fake plans for the fake trip they pitched is essentially like a you know a mm-hmm. seductive lie yeah in less than a day you yeah. know so like I, I i definitely think that plays into it I think it's a really nice point yeah I, and i think because you know there's there's no question about e2 mamutambians like as a film like that it's good um our job as this podcast is to compare it within its theme um so it's about the vacation stuff. And that's kind of why I ask about like, you know, the characters, like what does the vacation do for them? And I think that's what Luis's is obviously like the most interesting. I think in my opinion, like what the vacation is doing for her, the two boys, at least in the beginning, they trying to get laid. Um, <laughs> obviously that changes, but um, yeah, I'm just trying to think in the realm of like, what's the best vacation movie. And it's hard when we have, the film, like, not discrediting the other films in this bracket, but E2 Mamatambien is genuinely just, like, top to bottom. Like, a great film, in my opinion. Like, it's yeah. not, like, you know, it's... You could poke holes in it, but, like, objectively, I feel like it is a great film. There yeah. are people who hate forgetting Sarah Marshall, and they have every right to hate forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> um, and so I'm trying to compare it with, like, what a vacation utilized, what is the best representation of a vacation, and how it's fitting our theme. And I just thought, you know... It's tough. Yeah, um, it's tough. I think, like like you mentioned, Ichimamatamian is, like, a fantastic movie. It's very thoughtful and interesting. It does so much. The question is, is it more of a vacation movie than Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Which I think, in some ways, in some ways, it lends itself to being... Like, it, it is... I think Forgetting Sarah Marshall is a surprising movie. Because, in many ways, it's, like, early 2000s, like, rompy comedy right that has a vacation in it and the vacation is like the main conceit of it but i think it it does surprising thing things where it is a smarter movie than than what you expect it to be and it is smart in ways i feel like that highlight the vacation so i don't know i think it's really tough and for me like i don't know with with these i've never been someone who votes on the fact of like i don't care if there's like more vacation you know what i mean like it's not about quantity uh you know in it like because i know on on paper if you want more vacation i I do feel like forgetting sarah marshall like takes it um 
but I do think that the quality of like how they're using Vacation Need to Mama Tambien is also very strong. Uh, so it's like, it, it's never just like, okay, which movie got more vacation? Because that's, I don't know, for me, that's that's not a way to vote. With, with that said, we are at time. So yeah. as much as I would love to... So I, I'm ready to vote. I'm going to vote for... I'm going to vote for Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I think both of these movies do a lot with vacation, but I feel like I like the way that Forgetting Sarah Marshall talks about vacation, the way that the characters, I like the perspectives we get on vacation. I like the way it talks about vacation. And I, at the end of the day, like the message that it says about vacation and the way that it impacts the characters. So I'm voting for Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Um, Matthew? I'm going to vote for Itu Mama Tambien. I think it is a remarkably nuanced film. Um, I think its vacation setting is inextricably tied to what it has to say about the sociopolitical status of all of its characters, about Mexico itself, about you know the world of people that watched it live in. Um, I think it's a smart movie. I think it's a vacation movie. Um, yeah. Do, 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 do. I'm voting for Itu Mama Tambien. Wow. And I refuse wow. to explain until someone explains more about Brotato. All right, then we're never going to know. Um, next up... Alex, would you like to introduce a goofy movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, could, do you could do that. You could go first. Um, I actually forgot to say all this information last time. Uh, goofy movie uh, directed by Kevin Lima, released in 1995. Goofy and his son Max are on a road trip uh, against Max's wishes. Father-son bonding. Um, teenage horniness. Uh, the perfect cast. Bigfoot. What doesn't this movie have? It's about a road trip. <laughs> I forgot about the Bigfoot stuff. The perfect cast. Yeah, he the fishing technique. Oh, the perfect cast. I was thinking movies. What the hell, my dumbass brain? Yeah, come on. Whenever we say the word cast on this movie podcast, we're talking about fishing, you <laughs> idiot. God, you fucking idiot. That's true. No, uh, I, mean, I am dumb. We talked about it last time. Uh, it's a great road trip classic vacation movie Great. it'd be kind of wild if this ends up moving on against e2 mama tambien does that say something about the fact that both of our vacation movies we picked our road trips it says that we think road trips are better than plane he's trips, trying to plant his, I, he's trying to plant a seed right now he's trying I to personally prefer planes than cars yeah I, travel i i definitely prefer not a road trip as a vacation i actually love road trips total recall um <laughs> Total Recall, okay. Smite me down, I deserve it. Yeah, Total Recall, uh, directed by Paul Verhoeven, uh, released in 1990, is a top-down arena shooter um, where you play a (laughs) potato-wielding up to six (laughs) weapons at a time to fight off hordes of aliens. Or 12 if you're playing uh, the quad arm character. I didn't know that! I didn't know that! I need to learn so much more about Total Recall. So yeah, let's go on comparing these. Um, so something that I feel like we barely scratched into on Total Recall is there is like actually a pretty big debate in what is yeah. actually real in this movie. Yeah. yeah. And I love um, it. I feel like we need to talk about it a little bit. And yeah. there's total missed opportunity in terms of I th- like the one I love. There is like this idea of like what actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we had movies that had the kind of question posed um it's your guys's fault for not voting for the one i love well I, <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't my anyway um 
I think I personally fall like firmly in the camp that most of the events of the film are reality. Like they're actually occurring, but I'd, I'd love to hear what your guys' thoughts are. It's, it's crazy that I don't know if I could ever be firmly in, in a camp or not. And it's, it's interesting that, that you are, I think it speaks to just, you know, what we like to believe as people, but I, I, I think something <laughs> that's really fun for me is like uncertainty and like a, like a, you know, there doesn't have to be a consistency for something to still be like fun. Cause it would be hilarious if, yeah, he just woke up and he has to go back to being a construction worker. That's fucking hilarious. That's so funny to me uh, to think about. <laughs> you know, like imagine if he went through all this shit, he just got the girl, he did all this stuff, and then he wakes up, okay, vacation's over. That would yeah. suck. That would blow. He probably wouldn't yeah. look at anyone the same way. Why do they have a double agent option as as an option? That seems like an oversight on the on uh, recall the company. Well, That's and wild. also a double agent option where he like kills his wife. <laughs> like yeah. he like I mean, wrecks if you're his whole life. Of an ideal vacation. Um, <laughs> it's kind <laughs> of um, okay. Yeah. I so. Watching the movie, I think I have always been in the camp of like, oh, this is real. But thinking about it more and more, the like conceit of the what is it? The Mars governor, right? Mm-hmm. He's the governor. Like the conceit of his plan is just so batshit crazy. It's so outlandish, it's like, right? Yeah. Okay, Hauser, you're going to infiltrate the resistance. Like, dig in, make these connections, and then we're going to reset your memory. It's like, he already infiltrated it. Why are they resetting it so he can just do it again so they can get access? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Um, so, I don't so know. It seems like, like it might be, like, a company's, like, AI-written, like, plot. <laughs> I mean, even, like, the the little things. Like, um, what's her name? Uh, Polina? The three-boob lady? No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> recall the recall just keeps including the three boob lady and all of my plots, well, I think and I'm really three upset boob about it. Lady might be like a little like you know, oh, the machine's messing up. The codes are wrong. She got three <laughs> boobs. No, but like, um, like, uh, isn't um, when he he's designing his woman, the fa- yeah. they sh- it's Melina. Yeah, right. Like, literally, yeah. who? Yeah, no, it is. Well, and so what's interesting is like, but is she's it exactly as he designed? Is, like, is that subconscious? But also, if if it's real and he met her, like, what is the purpose of them erasing his memory and having him, like, re-infiltrate if he already did it? Like, he already made the connections. Well, and then if they were just going to trust him enough at the end to introduce him, then why didn't they trust him at the beginning? Like, what's maybe the difference? He wasn't, maybe he wasn't, maybe they saw something and he wasn't trustworthy. Maybe there was somewhere where, like, they like, thought I don't trust this breaking. Hauser guy. They thought like, oh, maybe he's he's playing a double agent, and they got paranoid, and so they reset his memory and programmed him a certain way. You know, which what I, I mean? think is like, like the suggestion essentially right. is like there's no so. way to detect if Hauser was actually a double agent if yeah. his memory's been wiped, sort of thing. Yeah. Mm. Oh, because um, like they could like control the situation more. Yeah, I, I think like, there's you know. the psychic angle. I think there's like Hauser can't accidentally betray himself angle. Like, but talking harebrained schemes, we have two movies with harebrained schemes. Yeah, yeah, 100%. One film, a goofy movie, 
where it works exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. But you admit your own fault that it was a harebrained scheme. Another movie <laughs> where it has disastrous consequences, but AKA it all works out. Giving free oxygen to the people of Boston. Wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Manager Matthew coming back. <laughs> hey, yeah. wait a minute. Trying to monetize I swear, oxygen. I swear. I still believe that this is such a Matthew-coded, like, evil plot. Like, it's so <laughs> funny. Like, I know I've said it before, but it's such a Matthew, like, hilarious. Yeah, I lied to my middle school girlfriend and said I was going to be on stage at a concert, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, yeah, you which definitely plot do you think is me? <laughs> I like to think middle school Matthew lied and was like, I control the Earth's oxygen supply. You have to give me $5 if you want to breathe today. <sighs> I bet you can make good money in certain, like, I bet you can make good money. Be like, hey, this oxygen you're breathing costs money to be here. Premium oxygen. Damn, um, why didn't we pitch the Lorax? Uh, because they don't go on a vacation. Oh. <laughs> like, what? I want anyway, us to do an environmental movie Which, obviously, it seems like you guys think I would do the scheme in Total Recall. 100%. Which schemes would you do? I would do the power. I think I would have done the power line scheme in like middle school. And then I never would have gotten on the dance floor. There's no chance. It never would have happened. I would do really well. I would do much better at the goofy scheme, you know, at the I just feel like I'd rock that shit. You know, do you think if you did pull it off, would you guys admit that you lied and it was all a scheme or would you write it out for? You know what? Mm-hmm. I hmm. I'm curious what you guys would say, but I have a thought. Would you admit the oxygen thing? Or, I you got know? some people from middle school I have to call <laughs> up. <laughs> Those direct deposits are still hitting my account. $5 every day. That's a lot of money over time. Yeah. It's called um, passive income. You wouldn't understand. Imagining the guy, the CEO from Mars, doing a pet, being like a financial guru YouTuber, being like, you have to grind for passive income. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> Look at all of this. This was built on passive income. That's hilarious. A good That's sketch. really funny. Yeah, it's really funny. Um, I feel like I give up the truth. I feel like I'm too weak. I... That I, I would I, I would spin the truth, you know, I would say a little bit of the truth, but then I'd sprinkle it in. With, so, you know, OK, Jake, you yeah. are you are Max in a goofy movie. You yeah. lie to your cutie and you're mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm friends with Powerline. I'm leaving to go to the concert. It happens. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. dance in the concert. You come back. What do you say? What what's do you your, admit to? Yeah, and what twist? do you not admit to? OK, I say, first off. <clears throat> I'm assuming, like, you know, we got that. Yeah, I'm, I'm your cutie. I'm your cutie. And I'm like, cutie. Ooh, Jake, okay, Jake I can't believe you're friends with Powerline. Right. Give me a little smoochies. You're mm. my cutie. Jake, take, I'm so you glad you're back. You back to your place, and I'm just yeah. like, damn, bitch, you live like this? <laughs> um, no, okay, so you're my cutie. No, the hurricane, it, the hurricane that came through town while you were gone, it destroyed my house. Oh, This is what's well, left. That's perfect, because I'm still friends with Powerline, and uh, he has a lot of money, and we're going to be fine. Baby girls, stick with me. Hey, it's me, uh, Powerline. My, hey, my Power parents Line. are dead. My parents are dead. They died All in right, seed. We, <laughs> we can make some more parents, baby. That's not... Whoa. Oh, yeah, that's true. That, you I would... Say it technically, work that you way. would be making parents. Yeah, you're making yourself a parent. It's crazy. Yeah. Isn't that um, crazy? Growth. 
So talking yeah, why about, don't people say it like that? Like, oh, let's so, make a baby. Oh, let's make a parent. Again, we are so far on topic. <laughs> Rewinding back to topic. Reeling us in. Yeah. Okay, Bertano. Um, which topic are you bringing us back to? Because I don't think, like, the past five things we've no, talked we're, about we're have been related can, to this. Let me say it. Let me say it. Okay. Yeah. okay. Let's for a second presume this is all a recall dream. It's all a recall vacation. Mm-hmm. Is it a what recall we... vacation for Goofy or for Max? <laughs> <laughs> for um uh it does read like quaid. max could wake up the next Thank morning you. Douglas, and quaid, like, douglas quaid i keep wanting to say dennis quaid dennis quaid <laughs> i Same can't person. escape it um he's going on a recall what do we make if if this is because okay here's my thesis yeah if we are assuming that this is recall and not reality total recall i think is firmly a vacation movie mm. wow Wow, and that like it's that's just Damn. true. Then, if 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 we believe that it it is the dream or it is the you know recall doing the work, they sent him on the vacation of a lifetime. The vacation of a lifetime, and that's why wow. I think it's kind of fun. Like, look, you could read the film as if it is all really happening, and I think you could argue that there's still some vacation stuff that goes in like with that. Uh, you know, working on the job, blah blah. blah. But I think it's such a funny, fun thing. If this whole extravagant plot <laughs> was just a vacation, like I just think it's amazing, and the fact that the film does not give you an answer means it's like a you know the 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 cat the Schrodinger's cat thing. Like it, it's all true, you know, all of it's true. It can't be it's proven both true otherwise. and not true. Yeah. I think so. Here's my question, though: Do we think recall? So this is also like getting into the weeds of the sci-fi and the meaning of like the technology and all that. Do we mm. think recall itself is a vacation? Well, like I do. I it's, think it's like it's sci-fi vacation. vacation. That's why I like love. Yeah. It's sold as a vacation. And I love that. I want to include something that was like fantasy. Like this is, and you know, when you think of vacations and like taking a break, you're thinking of like your fantasies. Some of it is just going to Hawaii. Some of it's like going to Mars and battling aliens, you know, killing like, your wife. <laughs> So a lot of it, a lot more than we'd care to admit is killing your wife. But uh, <laughs> OK, but like a lot of things are sold as one thing. In reality, they aren't like almond milk is Same sold as a healthy vacations. alternative, but it's just oil. Like Same that doesn't make it healthy. Right. Yeah. We, we said that in the last matchup. Like it's, you know, just because you go on a vacation doesn't mean it's a vacation. You know, like it's doesn't. Mm, yeah, it doesn't mean it's a good vacation. It. It's yeah. still a vacation. Like if, if you get trauma <laughs> when you're traveling to mm-hmm. I don't know France, you still went on a vacation to France. You just like had a bad, like a very bad Dude, time. Matthew you know? hates the French. Confirmed. He doesn't. Hey, we don't have go listeners. on a vacation to Mars. He remembers going on a vacation. Like I think it's different. Like it's not. Well, I mean, you would remember going on it's a vacation like, if you no. Went but it's before. like watching a movie going to Florida and saying I went on a vacation so, to Florida. Okay, Alex, like it's a let, different thing. Let's rewind this for a second. Rewind? And let's say we run recall. Jake and I. You are yeah. like I. I. I want these false memories. I want to experience via your fucking mega science chair. Yeah. A trip to, I don't know, the, the, to Clearwater, Florida. Yeah. A trip to Clearwater, Florida. And I want it to be the best trip to Clearwater, Florida. I want to, you know, I don't know. What do they do in Clearwater? Live in the same house as their neighbor? Yeah. So like road trips, it's a, it's a great simulation. I walk down the street. I see all the same houses. I have a dream, a dream weekend in Clearwater, Florida. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's my argument. 
I think all that this is is a continuation of the technology of television or a movie, right? Like it is essentially a more technologically advanced version of sitting in a movie theater, watching a camera walk down the street in Clearwater, Florida. Okay. If I go and do that, I'm not having a vacation to Clearwater, Florida. I did not go to Clearwater, Florida. So you even though I saw go to Clearwater, I just like, I don't think it's a vacation. I think it's like he, he watched a movie about going to Clearwater, Florida. I think you're not buying into the fantasy sci-fi of it because Arnold Schwarzenegger's character genuinely believes this shit is happening. Like this technology is so good that you believe it's ha- they wouldn't charge like what like but, we okay, have to but believe technology in the fantasy, in, the sci-fi, like in the but future. When, when movies first came out and the train was walking through was going towards the screen, people ran out of the theater because they thought it was a real train. That doesn't mean there was actually a train there. Yeah, but they they still believed it. Like yeah, but that doesn't that doesn't make that 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 doesn't mean they were in danger, right? Like to me though, like the like what is the importance of the tactile experience? Why does actually physically going there different from your brain believing you went there? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's my piece. If I'm on if I'm on drugs and I believe that like I don't know my skin is melting off. And then I wake up from my hallucination and my skin didn't melt off. I'm in a very different place than if my skin melted off. Yeah, but like if you if you still believe your skin melted off when it's happening, you're like, oh, my God, my skin is melting. Just like when yeah. you're in your recall trip to Clearwater, Florida, you're like, oh, my God, I'm in Clearwater, Florida. You know, yeah, but like, when it's done, I wasn't in Clearwater, but it Florida places as a memory. Like, it's not saying it's in real time. Like, he doesn't wake up from Mars and be like, oh, how did I get from Mars to recall? He's like, oh, no, that was nice remembering. Well, except in this specific case, his wife would not be dead. Like, it's a very, you know, like, I think in a normal recall, if it was like, oh, I went on a normal vacation, fine. But in this specific case, his like wife is dead, like all this stuff. If he wakes up and he's a construction worker again and his wife is alive, that's a very you different You do thing. not know the amount of service that recall puts in. They could oh have killed God. his wife. <laughs> okay. I mean, you, look, it's a Paul Verhoeven movie. Know. They probably would have because yeah, it's a comment on corporate photography. See, like, you know. I don't know. I just, okay. I have but, trouble. I have trouble fundamentally agreeing with the fact that this is actually a vacation. So does it, it then if we assume it's all real and he actually goes to Mars, is it not a vacation because of what he does there? But I he's actually there. I think it's more of a vacation if it's real and he goes to Mars. That's wild. That's awesome, though. <laughs> like, you know I like, what I mean? I, I love yeah, the like I love the like you have, you are philosophically firmly in this camp of like there is a tactile importance to right. the vacation, you know, yeah. this, you put this man through the Nozick experience machine and he'll come out having all sorts of philosophical conclusions. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a big one to the phil- philosophy heads who know about the moral experiment, <laughs> the Nozick experience machine. <laughs> I've been forbidden from talking about philosophy. This is no, all I you get. haven't. You we never forbid you. Yeah, we never, never forbid not you. Not once. Not once. You put if that anything, on yourself. I'm closer to being forbidden to talk about Brotato than you are about <laughs> philosophy. I agree yeah, with that statement. Our viewers are here for one of the two. Yeah. And look, when we get a spike in viewership in this episode, you guys are gonna be so <laughs> bad. Well, especially because I'm gonna name it Brotato. <laughs> Yeah, all the um, SEO, all the people who would potato <laughs> are accidentally going to find this. Why is this Ep One Thirteen Vacation Three Brotato? Okay, well we are pushing time again. Um, I'm ready. 
I'm I ready feel like we didn't compare these. Well, no, you know what? I feel like I feel like we did a good job in in talking about the vacation of it all, and and we talked a lot in in the first Goofy movie about like what it like means in regards to it. I think it was important for us to talk deeply more about the whole Total Recall of it all because we didn't get a chance to uh, before. before. I genuinely, I actually do feel pretty confident about voting. I feel confident in my vote. I'm sure you guys do. Jake, start us off. Total Recall. Yeah, I figured we were going there. (laughs) All right, Alex, you do the thing we're expecting. Yeah, yeah, goofy movie. So here's my thing. I think at the end of the day, because of the consistency, the inconsistency in the plan for me, I think Total Recall is he actually went to Recall um, and like experiences Recall. And thus, it is not a vacation movie to me. Didn't you just say it was closer to being a vacation if it was all? Yeah. Oh, you think he actually went to Recall? I actually went. He I think he experienced like it's a recall memory, not. Okay, he's not, not reality. And to me, know. that makes it. I not feel like your logic I is also think, but I'm not. <laughs> well, okay, fine. If you think it's flip flopped, either way, I think a goofy movie is more of a vacation than Total Recall. I just, you know, if I had to choose between what vacation I want to go on, and it's the Mars one, like you, know, like I'm. I guess I'm, okay. Even further, remaining philosophically consistent with myself, I think a goofy movie talks more about vacation, its theming and content than total recall does just the idea of like fantasy and what it like you know like escaping from something that isn't like i think it's an exciting way to talk about vacations where it doesn't have to be like too on the nose about like it's about vacations because the whole about like kind of wild in in terms of talking about escapism through the lens of a paul verhoeven movie and Mm -hmm. the greatest form of escapism is having a dream that you literally blow your life up and destroy capitalism yeah. is so rad. It's rad. Like, I'm with you. It's rad. I, oh, I God. That's the vacation I want to go point. on. I feel like I'm. my brain is being poisoned. Yeah. What if this conversation is all just recall? It could what be. If, what if the tough cut's not but real? Don't worry. If, if it's not real, that means it's not real to Alex, and we never did it. <laughs> Even though my memories are so, so, so tactile. I think what's tough for me here is... Total Recall as a vacation movie is such an interesting idea, but it's it, it you have to like ask yourself, I think a little bit, is it like Colin Die Hard a Christmas movie, you know? Like what what is the mm. like, well, I, I the thematic intents of it, yeah. you know? Personally, I think that's part of the fun of doing these brackets is like coming up with themes where it's like, you know, sometimes we have to like push the boundaries of what these themes are. Yeah. I and it's for what it's worth, I, mean, I do it, think Total Recall is closer to a vacation than Die Hard is to a Christmas movie. But thank man. you for that <laughs> distinction for all the Die Hard fans out there. Wow, that's funny. I kind of disagree. Oh, let's go! That's, that's wild. Crazy. It's crazy. just because uh, we can't get into this right now. We can't. We can't. We can't. Die Hard's Thematic got theming intent. of family. Like I don't know. I don't know. We'll get into it at some other time. So wait, are the Fast and Furious movies Christmas movies? Like, what what do you mean by family? They're not set at Christmas and about family. So is Iron Man 3 a Christmas movie? Yes, it's set at Christmas and is about family. (laughs) What if I don't have family? Well, is the the plot of your movie talking about how you don't have family to celebrate Christmas with? No. Because that's a Christmas movie. We can't do this right now. We can't do this right now. (laughs) Alex and his ironclad logic. I just, I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know if it's ironclad. I kind of. I'm disagree. making a joke. <laughs> yeah, I don't, 
I do I think kinda, he has consistent like logic, it, which is great. Yeah, it's consistent, consistent, amazing. It's consistent, and I love it. I do think Total Recall is a vacation movie, but we can't we can't talk about we can't get into we can't we can't do this right now. Okay, <laughs> refocusing though. I would argue that is explicitly what we're here to talk about, Matt. We can't get into the Christmas thing. That's what I'm saying. Oh, oh I see. I see. So, Eight Crazy Nights is it a Christmas movie? <laughs> no, it's a Hanukkah movie. No, but they do celebrate Christmas in it. And if they talk about family. Well, Well, yeah, it's about family. It's a holiday. Dude, all the Christmas movies, I'm going to start calling them Hanukkah movies. There you go. (laughs) I like that shit. I like that shit. Die Hard, my favorite Hanukkah movie. (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. You just get into like virulent arguments about it every time someone brings it up. It's like, what are you talking about? And they're like, like, okay, maybe it's a Christmas movie. Yeah, Hans Gruber's Jewish? (laughs) I don't don't know about that one. I don't know. He might be the opposite. Um, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. This one hurts. But I think in spite of how interesting Total Recall is as a vacation movie, mm-hmm. I think a goofy movie is more centrally about vacation, which hurts. You can still vote for Total Recall. You haven't finished your sentence. I can, but... <laughs> yeah, you can. Look, Matthew, literally you can. You can change everything right now. You can. There are no rules to this. No one's auditing us. No one's like going. No one. You can change. What if you do get audited? What if the well, what if the like the, the vacation police. police are like, ooh. <laughs> um, you know what? You're right, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! Is this finally my evolution? Chaos, Matthew stops caring about philosophical consistency. Oh, no. I broke him for down. whatever he wants. No. I broke him down. It's he the feels fun like way to live. He he stopped himself from discussing philosophy, and now he feels like he has no rules. It's the fun way to live. You can't put me in the Nozick experience machine. I refuse. <laughs> I'm not going in there again. You won't do it. Because I'm voting for Total Recall. Let's go! Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> the upset um, of the century. We'll, we'll say it's a one, one-off. I'll be back to being philosophically consistent next time. No, I kind of like the again. idea of Chaos Matthew. I'll break I don't you know. I, I don't know what would happen if Matthew was chaotic. Look, I, I chaos like been... voted as well. You, we're, we're all chaos Jake, voting. but you're always chaos voting. I know. It's a fun way to live. With that, Total Recall advances. We have a finale, Itu Mama Tambien versus Total Recall. Who would have guessed? I know it was a slip of the tongue, but was it a Freudian slip? Itu Mami Tambien? So catch our finale next week. Um, also, submit to us your honorable mentions. I'm sure there's stuff we missed. Submit we think there's us. stuff that we missed. <laughs> yeah, full submit, stop. Submit to Itu Mami. Submit to Itu Mami. <laughs> um, you can submit those uh, honorable mentions to us on social media at Tough Cut Pod. We're on all of your favorites. Um, remember to rate and review the episode if you liked what you heard. We're on all your favorite podcasting platforms. And finally, who should they share the episode with? Share it with someone who you've killed in a dream. Ooh. Whoa, Alex, last week. Guys. Yeah, we can <laughs> be negative. <laughs> things people are less likely to share. Yeah. He was just shitting on my... No, like, but, like, okay, I don't know if they, like, killed someone on purpose in a dream, if it was, like, an accident and you have a lot of guilt about Matthew it. Matthew only this one kills could people be. on purpose in a dream. What do you one mean? time I turned into a giant monster. <laughs> what kind of in monster? my dream. What kind of monster? Um, Thank you for clarifying in my dream. You, Thank you. know... You know... <laughs> 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 In, so in Scottish folklore, there's a creature known as a nuclevy that's like a 
there's like a muscle horse with oh, yeah, a man you know, attached you to know it. You know in Scottish folklore. <laughs> What's it called? A knuckle V? Knuckle V. Is and, it a character in Brotato? Here, I'm looking it up. Um, and basically, I googled Knuckle V and it came up with Knuckles the Echidna from Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay, I'll fucking... I think how, that's, how I I think that's more this? based on your search engine. I think that's on you, Alex. I don't think that's... N- is it like N-U Knuckle of E? It's literally Knuck E Lavi. A horse-like Knuck demon from Orcadian folklore that combines equine and human elements. Yeah, it's, okay, like so a, it's like a centaur, but the, the human torso is in the middle of the body, and it still has a horse head, and it doesn't have skin. Muscle creature, yeah. I was like a knuckle V, but like way bigger. And instead of horse, it was like, I don't know, like bear wolf beast. Anyway, uh, we, we are... <laughs> We're linking Brotato playthroughs in the chat. We're we're so far <laughs> away from this. Oh, okay. Is there a Knuckle V Brotato? I looked up Knuckle V Brotato, and that's the first <laughs> video that popped up. <laughs> this guy's doing a stick build, so you know it says a lot what about it. What does him. that mean? Someone DM <laughs> me, please. What does it mean? <laughs>